0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode, a brand new playoff episode of Crossed Up Phillies Podcast. Anthony Sanfilippo's here. I'm Bob Wankel. Anthony, I apologize. Uh, had a bachelor party on Friday. I know people are like, "Yo, you've you've missed a couple shows here the last last two or three months. What's up?" Like, and it's been some health issues, kidney stones, fun things like that. But this one was just. Uh, getting drunk with 15 guys and just couldn't make it make it work out well, yeah just- but, but
1: tell the reason you couldn't make it work out bob because <laughs> the reason is even better like you were planning on still doing it on friday yeah. morning yeah and that's
0: then- why there was there was no like heads up like hey i'm out on friday i'm not doing this it was yeah. kind of day off so what happens is the the bachelor party's in montauk which is like northernmost point of long island right like all the way up And uh, if you saw on the news Friday, all the flooding in New York City and Staten (laughs) Island, it was insane. And we didn't have the flooding, but we had 40 mile an hour winds and rain coming in sideways. So I was like, all right, I'll just go out. Nice house, big place. I'll go outside. I'll record. It'll be great. There was no way that was (laughs) happening. So uh, I was kind of disappointed. I I wanted to get that show in. There was a lot to talk about, but we just had to punt to today's episode. So we're going to be jam-packed with good content here today. Good stuff. All right. So, I mean, a lot has changed. You know, if if we would have done this show on Thursday morning, we probably would have speculated about a potential Diamondback series. You know, how do the Phillies match up with Arizona? And I know it wasn't a big weekend for Phillies baseball. Those games against the Mets were generally meaningless. But everything has sort of changed here. And now the Phillies have to deal with the Miami Marlins. And let me just give you one take because we're going to dive into it. Yeah. I'm having a hard time. Like this is what I said to one of my friends at said bachelor party. He said, well, what do you think about the Phillies? I said, I like them. I like, I want to back them. Like, I, I do think that they have this potential long run in them. I said, but if, if you were to tell me that the Phillies had to get through both the Marlins who they have a lot of problems with and the Braves in consecutive series, like, I just don't feel great about that uh, when you just go high level, big picture. So I think your job today is to to make me and maybe everyone else that has a little bit of anxiety saying, "Oh great, it's the Marlins, these fucking guys again." You know, how how do you kind of get to a place where you feel good about what you're about to see this week?
1: Bob, I wrote a story was it a week and a half ago where I ranked the possible playoff opponents for the Phillies. And other than the little joke of the Padres, who I put at the very bottom as the least te- the team you least wanted to see only because if they would have gotten in, they would have been riding some ridiculous streak and had this crazy momentum coming in, and that's why you didn't want to face them. Um, the Marlins were the team you wanted to face the least. Like Reds, Cubs, Diamondbacks, Giants, all those teams, any one of them would have been better than the Marlins. So it, off the top, I I acknowledge that this is the worst matchup for the Phillies in the first round. That said, things have changed for the Marlins as well. Mm-hmm. They, they've lost two of their top starting pitchers. That's mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Um uh they got guys coming off of injury that haven't played, you know. You're you're gonna have um Luisa who's their leadoff hitter, nationally batting champion. He'll have he'll be playing in a game if he plays, assuming he plays, I think he will. He pinch hit on Friday, so I think he will play. Um but he, he, other than that one at bat, it'll be the first game he's played in two weeks. It's not that easy to just jump right back into it, especially in a playoff atmosphere and be a, a contributor. So there are reasons that the Marlins are not as scary as they may may have been two weeks ago. But yeah, you're right. This is the team that gives the Phillies the biggest, the most fits out of any of the potential first round opponents.
0: So you go back a few years here and it's like the Phillies have had problems with this Marlins team for, for a number of seasons. And the one that like, I always go back to like in 2019, 2020, that's when this really started this, like, why can't the Phillies deal with the Marlins? And I think that there is an intimidation factor with Citizens Bank Park and this Phillies team for, for other clubs. Like, I do think that there's a little bit like, wow, like there's some big names. This atmosphere is crazy. I don't know that we're better than the Phillies. The Marlins, I don't think are better than the Phillies, but I don't think that the Marlins are going to come in here and be just completely intimidated by, by this team. I mean, they've, they've been able to punch with them now for multiple seasons this year alone. They, they won the season series, seven games to six. Now the Phillies outscored the Marlins. There were some blowouts mixed in there. So you look at it and the Phillies probably got the better, should have gotten the better of the Marlins throughout the course of the season. But you know, you you look at it, and I just think that the familiarity does kind of, I don't know, maybe dilute some of that that like mythical element of what they're about to walk into. Now I know that playing the Phillies in June or in in August is a lot different than playing them in October, and the stadium is going to be on fire this week, and so there are things that they are not accustomed to seeing and maybe not accustomed to dealing with. But I just don't think I, I I just feel like that that familiarity and their success against this team, it it does play a little bit of a factor. I just don't think they're going to come in and be overwhelmed. So I would start there. Like we're going to talk about matchups in baseball and and all that, but like we all want to talk about four hours of hell and Philly in October. And like I just don't know if it's going to have quite the same impact. You know, do you have a different perspective on that, or are you kind of with I, me? Um. I, I,
1: I'm going to hedge a little bit here, Bob, because part of me says you're right. And part of me says, but what experience does this Marlins team have with an environment like that? They're used to playing in a quiet stadium where there's nobody at, right? I mean, even down the stretch when they were pushing to make the playoffs, they were getting bigger crowds, but they were getting... 20,000 like 18,000 20,000 that's a lot for them now all of a sudden you're going to be in a place where it's non-stop yelling and screaming and 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 you know flat, towel waving and you know everybody's, gonna yeah, be yeah it's, ve- it's gonna be hostile right? right and 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 i don't know who on that team's got that experience from the playoffs David Robertson. I mean, no. who 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 else really on that squad? I mean, arise has been to the playoffs with the Twins, didn't win anything, right? Never won a game. Um, Josh Bell. Did he ever was he on the Nationals when they went to the playoffs? I think maybe. Oh, it's funny,
0: it's funny you inter, uh, you mentioned him because I, I'm like I I don't want to see him anymore. You, did You're you know that him, throughout his think. career, Josh Bell getting 940 against the Phillies? Yeah,
1: he's killing the Phillies. Kills the <laughs> Phillies. Yeah, but I mean other than, I mean seriously, I mean I don't think that there is you know there there's something I think there's something to be said for the fact that they haven't experienced that. Right. And it, you say they may not be overwhelmed, and they may not be overwhelmed, but all of a sudden you give off give up a lead-off home run to Kyle Schwarber and that place is going bonkers. What's the what's your initial feeling in that dugout all of a sudden it's like uh-oh. Yeah, we're we're, we're this isn't the 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 Cinderella ride anymore. Right. I mean, right. that's what you really, that's really what it becomes. And so that's what goes through your head. And I think that the one different, the other thing with that too, Bob, is this, like when you get into a three game series, I think when you're, unless you are a certain breed of player or a certain breed of team, you, you start to try and make everything happen all at once because it, it has to, it has to, You feel like we have to win, like oh my god, we can't. There's no margin for error, and so I think that the Phillies' experience favors them there, and so the Marlins. I I don't know. Maybe maybe they're maybe they're slow heartbeat kind of team. Who knows? But I I think that could be a thing too.
0: Well, so it's it's an interesting point that you just brought up, which is it's a three game series. You don't have a lot of time. Maybe you press a little bit. Does the lack of experience, like so? There's two different kind of psychologies going into this. The Marlins don't have the experience, so do they press, or is it the Phillies, the team that does have the experience and knows we should win this series? Like this season was about us getting back to the World Series, and I know Atlanta's in the way. Like I'm not going to pretend they're not, but for this Phillies team with all these veterans and this team. Feels like it can make that World Series run. Like I worry about the opposite side of the spectrum, which is we've got to make this count. And do they play tight because of it? I know they have the experience. I know that they succeeded in this environment last year, but there, it was different. There was a house money component to it, which now the Marlins are the team playing with that. And I know these are kind of intangible factors. You know, if the Phillies lose this series, we're going to see, see, they were too tight. Like and and in reality that might have nothing to do with it, but like these are the these are the human elements that that play into this type of situation. And like this is a different situation for the Phillies this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's fair to to ask that question. And the only thing I can push back on with it is, is that this team was the best come from behind team in baseball all year. This team never felt like they're out of a game. So I don't think that they're a team that presses. You know what I'm saying? Like I maybe early in the season, I felt like there was some pressing, and Trey Turner obviously pressed in the summer before he got hot. Um, so there, there were there are individual moments of pressing that that which is why it comes into your mind that no, maybe they would do that, but I just think in general how they approach games and outcomes of games and, and how to get to that outcome of the game. I don't think that the team is a pressing team. So so therefore, no, I don't think that they will. Uh, but I mean, you know, anything's possible, right? Within an individual player. I mean, let's be honest. We talk about Trey Turner, and uh, he was great from August fifth on. But in you know his playoff history, he's not a good playoff player. I mean, if you look at his career in the playoffs; he doesn't hit. And there so, were a lot of
0: Dodgers it, fans that were like, "See, ya. You yeah, know, like yeah, you know, had a great player. Wish we had him, but give like not a big, not a big game player. Like that yeah. was the."
1: And he didn't, he wasn't like huge in the playoffs for Washington when they won the world series. Like he just wasn't. And so, I mean, you know, maybe he's a guy who does press. Well, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, But he's going to be important because they're going to face two lefties right off the bat. And so they're going to try and negate Schwarber and Harper and Stott. So the right handers are going to have to come through for them. And they got to be, they all got to be good in in this series. They're going to be the key in a lot of ways to this series.
0: So I think I am less concerned and these are the talking points. The Marlins play this Phillies team tough and you know they they sort of have their number and uh they're not going to be intimidated. Like I led with that because those are the things that you're going to hear and I think that they're worth exploration. But when you look at this Marlins team, you say okay, they don't hit a ton. It's not some electric offense that's going to come in and pummel you. They have a couple guys that can do some damage. But I think the primary concern is that I look at the pitching matchups and I see Wheeler, who is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, but I see Lizardo who is a good arm and has had some success against this Phillies lineup. And then the parade of left-handed relievers that this team can throw at you. And it leads me to believe that at least in game one, that runs are going to be at a premium. And if that is the case, you look at the Marlins track record and their success in one run games this season. It was Corey Simon who I read, and I know a few people had it. The Marlins are 33 and 13 in one run games this season. And so to me that that would suggest that they are equipped to kind of play in these, in these struggles. So I know it's the postseason; they're on the road. It's Philadelphia. Everything is different in October. I know that, but like I expect a low-scoring game tomorrow night. And you look at some of these key Phillies hitters and what they've done against Lozardo – Throughout their careers, I did the thing in the newsletter about this today, but there's a number of guys that have struggled and guys from the right side too. So forget Bryce Harper for a second, we'll get to him, but JT Romuto against Lazaro throughout his career, one for 13, five strikeouts, Trey Turner, over oh four, two strikeouts, Alec Boehm, one for 11, four strikeouts. Like the, the issue for me here is that you need your right-handed hitters to to really come through in this series like and they they better. Now the Phillies were terrible against left-handed pitching earlier this season. When you actually played the full thing out there, they finished in the top 10 in OPS against lefties this season. They were 8th overall. Which, is, so, um, which
1: which is crazy, right?
0: You remember you go back to our shows in like May, beginning of June, I'm like this is an, an absolutely atrocious team against left-handed pitching. And it's because yeah. A lot of these primary guys from the right side were struggling, right? And and they've gotten it going a little bit. But, like, they cannot have that type of series from Alec Bohm and J.T. Realmuto this week. They just cannot. So, you know, then you look at, okay, well, what does Bryce Harper do against him? He can give tough at-bats to lefties. Like, he's one for nine with five career strikeouts against Lazardo. Like, there's a number of guys here. Like, it is not good. And if you look at the collective, um, I, I had this earlier, current Phillies hitters that are rostered in this series – are hitting 211 with a 602 OPS against him, so I'm not telling you that you're getting Clayton Kershaw here this week, but like this, there's not a, a big track record of success either. Though, like one guy that's really had some success from the right side is it Mundo Sosa? Is he going to play? And then you know Bryson Stott's four for five, so he's actually had some decent at bats here. I, I don't know what your take is on all of this, but you you dive into this matchup and say I feel great about Zach Wheeler, but like can Lazardo go pitch for pitch with him?
1: Yeah, so I think I think that's the thing. I think that, you know, Lizardo, Braxton Garrett, they're going to be who you get in the first two games, so it's a couple of lefties. They have four lefties that they can bring out of the pen, two of which are really good in Tanner Scott, who's their closer. Um, I think he actually led the majors in strikeouts by a relief pitcher, if I'm not mistaken, um, and um, Andrew Nardi. So they have a couple – they have some lefties, that they're, and then they have a couple other lefties that they go to earlier in the game. Um so that's the thing it's really going to come down to and this is going to be interesting because i think we're going to probably talk about this too um it's going to the interesting is going to be the roster construction and how who plays who who gets starts who who comes off the bench like what the phillies are going to do here um i'm going to be curious to see what the what, i guess the roster has to be put in Today, right at some point, I think five o'clock.
0: Twelve o'clock tomorrow, it, actually. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is new, it by tomorrow? They can do it by tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow.
1: Okay. Um. So. So yeah. I mean. So that's the thing. I. I'm gonna be curious to see what they do. But you're right. I mean. It's interesting that the lefties hit Lazardo better than the righties do. Um, and that's not. And that's weird because he's not like a a, a reverse pitcher. He's not an opposite pitcher. Right. Um. So it's it is interesting, but I don't know how many times have they seen him this year. Sometimes you get to see a guy a third time or a fourth time. Right, that kind of stuff changes a little bit. And again, under the under the pressure of the of the of the playoff start, I mean, look at a guy we we've talked about it ad nauseum with a guy like Clayton Kershaw, right, for the Dodgers, who easily a Hall of Fame pitcher, sensational numbers, Cy Youngs, you know, strikeout, everything about him but when he's gotten into the playoffs has never really been great. Right. And we talked about it last year with Verlander, you know, Verlander never really been great in the postseason. So there are guys who put up great numbers and then they get into the playoffs and it's like, Oh man, this is different. Could Lizardo be that way too? I think so.
0: All right. So you, we just kind of alluded to it here, the, the roster construction, this is not as, um, as much of a slam dunk, I guess, as you might think. Like you think about 90 win teams and with with all these big names and you would think like there's a lineup and they're just obviously going to trot that out there. And, you know, the lineup is what it is and whatever shall be shall be. They have some work to do in in terms of how they want to roll this thing out. And so, I mean, there are some obvious, obvious things here, you know, and we'll just run through it. Trey Turner's at shortstop. We know Bryson Stott's going to play second base. We know that Castellanos will be in right, Real Muto behind the plate. I just want to check in with you on the rest of it. Some of it I think is obvious, but maybe not completely. Alec Bohm is going to play third base in this series, correct? Is that, correct. Is that the assumption here? Yeah. All right. So yeah. Bryce Harper will play first base. He'll be on yep. the field. He won't DH. So you'll have Kyle Schwerber, DH. Um, Johan Rojas in center field.
1: I think so, yes.
0: Okay. And then that obviously then means that left field becomes the big question mark and what you do there. And I guess there's two different approaches that you can take. I, given the way that Brandon Marsh has swung the bat here over the final month of the season, I think that Brandon Marsh is your best overall player. But if you're going matchup-based here, I, I have a suspicion that the Phillies probably will not start Brandon Marsh Uh, it certainly in game one. And I guess we'll start there.
1: I think that the strategy is going to be this, Bob. I think three players are going to play left field in a game. Potentially, potentially. You're going to see Christian Pache start in left field for defensive purposes. That's why they're going to do it. They, they like the fact that even though they're going Marsh can't hit lefties, so they're not going to put Marsh against the left-handed starter, but they're going to start Pache. Um, you know They feel like his defense will, will make up for the fact that he's not hitting. If a right-handed reliever comes into the game, Brandon Marsh will pinch hit for Christian Pache, assuming that there can't be that, okay, Marsh is announced, then they switch and bring in one of the lefties. It's It's got to be within that three batter range that the pitcher has to face, whatever. But if it's a right-handed reliever, Marsh is going to bat for Pache. But then...
0: I know <laughs>
1: if there's a matchup and you need it, right? I mean, you're trailing yeah. in the game, whatever you need the, you need the batter to come through and they go to the one of the lefties to face Marsh. It's going to be Weston Wilson. Weston Wilson He's yeah. going to be the guy who, who replaces him. Um, that's what they're going to do. And I, I, I'm firmly confident in that. Like that's the plan. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be for, for both of the first two games. Game three, obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. I think that changes changes things. You probably Marsh would if they go to a game three. Marsh probably starts because you're probably going to get a right hander uh, in that spot. Um, I guess it would be Cabrera would be I would the think, guy. I would for think. F- for Florida um, or Miami. Um, so like if that were the case, so the Marsh is probably starting, and that changes the the dynamics of game three. But I think that that's honestly how they're going to play left field.
0: I agree with you. Um, I, I in fact, like I was I was kind of curious if you were like where you were at on the Weston Wilson thing because I that's the only way, and it's it's just unique to this particular matchup. Like if, yes. if it were any other team, if it we're Arizona, like I don't think we would really be diving into it to that degree, but no. you almost have to bookend with the depth in the bullpen from the left side. You almost have to bookend it, you have to almost have that lefty sandwiched in between the two right-handed options in order to attack this because the Marlins just will continue to come at you with that. So, okay. Um, is there really like on the pitching side, is this a little bit more cut and dry? Like I think that the that, that game three is really the question mark because again, I could see a scenario where the Phillies go to Ranger Suarez in probably game two, if they needed to, if they felt like, all right, here's our opportunity or we have to survive this game. Like this is our best shot behind Aaron Nola. So I could see them blowing through Suarez in game two, even if they're, if they're winning the series or if they're trailing after the first game, like I'm not convinced that Ranger Suarez will be available for game three for this team. Uh, So I guess two things. Number one, what do you see in terms of how they might approach the usage of Ranger Suarez? Uh, and then, two, if they were to burn him early, what do you think they would do in a potential Game Three? And then we can talk about the the bullpen and I guess maybe the how they fill this thing out at the end.
1: Well, if if you if I mean I think Suarez is the guy for Game Three, but like you said, if he has to pitch sooner, and I think that the only way he pitches sooner, Bob, is if they're if they're up against it, okay. like in other words, they lose Game One. And then Nola comes out and is not good to start game two.
0: So let me give you an exact scenario. Yeah. It's it's the fourth inning. The Phillies lead four to three. Nola has nothing. It's it's one oh Phillies, though. They win game one. So this is a an eliminate, like this is you have the ability to eliminate. They don't they don't make that move. They hold him.
1: I think they hold him. Okay. I think if they're if they're ahead in the series, I think that I I could be wrong. I could Mm -hmm. absolutely be wrong. But I think that they look at it as saying, "Let's keep that in our back pocket. We know he's a he, how he is in the playoffs. We know he won't be phased by the the moment." And I think that they are still worried that, as good as Christopher Sanchez has been, that they don't want to put the pressure of the season on his shoulders. Yeah. And so I would think Sanchez, in that scenario that you just gave me, is the more likely person to replace Nola and hold on hold on to Suarez. The only way, again, if they're now if they're down. If they lose game one and they're down four to three and Nola doesn't have it, then I think all bets are off. I think you could see a Suarez in in, in that spot in game two because, you know, you have to win it in order to get to game three. And then the decision comes on who the hell you start in game three. It's probably Sanchez, but they I think they would. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think they would still consider freaking Taiwan Walker in that spot.
0: Does Taiwan Walker's game on, uh, I guess, Friday night or a Saturday game one? It was. I mean, yeah. does that does that factor in at all? Do they say, "Oh, I gave him seven innings. You know, he limited the hits. It was it was a pretty effective start." He's
1: he's Cy young after giving up four runs. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like he, he he gives up all the runs and then he's unhittable for four innings. <laughs> like I, I don't. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I can't explain it. And I'm certain that they've tried changing up his pregame routine. I'm certain that they've tried to get him a little, you know, a little warmer sooner, you know, before the game starts. And it doesn't seem to matter. He's too wild. He walks a ton of guys, gives up those hits, gets behind in games. But then. Stabilizes and keeps you in it. It's so weird. I think I'm pre- I'm pretty sure he's still on the playoff roster.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'll go back and hey, second shout out to Corey Simon here. But I read his piece this morning, and he makes a good point. he Says, listen, you know, you get into extra innings, there is no ghost runner on second. There is a possibility that you might need length at the back of a game. And then from there, you take that point and say, OK, well, then you think, well, who profiles in that type of situation where if you needed two or three innings at the end of the game, you would want a veteran that can be stretched out a little bit. So, I mean, there therein lies the the rationale or therein lies the case to probably roster him. But I would I would say this, if if he is pitching meaningful innings in this series, I do not feel great about the Phillies prospect of winning it. And I, I hate. I, 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 you know, I feel a little bit like, man, it it does feel like I've, I've piled on him a little bit, but he just straight up has not been very good. And, you know, you can look at the record and you can look at the ERA and say like, it's not that bad, you know, comparatively the league average. I just, it's just more of an eye test thing for me. I know some of the numbers play out and, and you say like, he's had a decent season, but this is so high stakes. There's so little room for error. Like I cannot bring in a guy that is constantly staking two, three, four runs at the beginning of his appearances. And so I do think that if they have to use him, I get rostering him. I understand it. There's another three years beyond this. You owe him a lot of money. He's a veteran guy. He's a good dude. All those things. But I, I, I do not feel great about the idea of having to use him, whether it be at the start of a game or at the end of a game.
1: Yeah, I agree. well, I agree with you. And I, I don't feel comfortable with him in, in the line, in the rotation – pitching at any point um at this juncture because now you don't have the wiggle room right i mean what's your leeway at this point i mean especially in this series you you can lose one game but that's it you have to win two um and so if taiwan walker is kind of part of that i i'm not comfortable i mean i understand it i get it i'm not comfortable
0: so So let me uh, let me give you a couple different questions, and I don't know if you have anything that you specifically want to talk about. I, I don't have a, a ton here, so I do have a few different talking points, just kind of interested to see what you think about certain things here. But if I said to you, come Wednesday night or come Thursday night when this thing is all over, who is the MVP of this series? It's only three games maybe three games yeah. But who are we walking away from this and saying like the Phillies won this series because of this guy like is there a name that sort of fits that profile it's
1: hard because it's you know it's such a short series it could be anybody right I mean anybody could be the hero of of a, of a series that's this short and that's why I don't think that they actually name an MVP of the wild card round right they because don't. it's so short um but I'll, I'll throw one at you, and again I because I again it, it comes down to me to the right-handed hitters. I, I'm going to say Nick Castellanos is a guy. Mm-hmm. He's never been a, a a big postseason guy, and I guess you know he played in the playoffs with uh, Detroit and. Uh, did he play with them with Cincinnati?
0: Did they get in one year with him?
1: I don't think I don't remember if don't they did so. or not. I
0: don't remember I, the recent Reds teams making it now.
1: Well, they had they had that one good year. I didn't remember if they got in, and then like was that a twenty twenty thing? Like they were in, and then. They didn't last kind of thing
0: uh, i've completely anyway. erased the 2020 season from my memory yeah when the Phillies <laughs> season ended so did my attention span for that for major league baseball
1: yeah but regardless the guy's not not never been a big postseason performer obviously wasn't last year other than the, the sliding catches in the outfield um but i think he's a guy that that can make it be a difference maker against Lazardo. um
0: Yes, he was three for ten in the uh, NL Wild Card round against the Braves in 2020.
1: So. Yeah, I, I kind of remembered that they were in the that they I thought they were in. Yeah, yeah that, that did. Um, happen. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so anyway, if you just and, and, and this is me just pulling a name out, right? Because yeah. like I said, in a three game series, it could be anybody. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go Nick Castellanos. I think he could be a guy that drives in some runs, maybe hits a big home run you know, gets gets things fired up at the bottom. And they're, he's going to be in, in the bottom of the lineup, and I think that the lineup's going to be interesting in the first two games. I think Castellanos may actually bat six and not seven against the lefties and Stott bat seven because Stott hasn't been hitting. I, I think that that's a possibility, Bob. I think you might see Stott seven and then the two, Pache and Rojas, eight, nine in some capacity um, behind him.
0: I had a hard time taking the games this this weekend seriously. Like really extracting anything meaningful out of those games. The only thing that I looked at yesterday and just said, "Okay, Bryson Stott had 3 hits. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe they got something going with his swing because it's been a, it's been a struggle here down the stretch, the, the final month, the final couple of weeks. Is there anything else this weekend that you looked at and said, well, that's noteworthy? Like, I know the bullpen had a good weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, bullpen Kirkering.
0: Run, so, Kirkering. Yeah. I mean,
1: again, you got, to, you got to see him two more times. You got to see him with runners on base. He did walk a guy and he gave up a hit, you know? And so it's like, what does, you know, how does he get through pressure a little bit? So, like, I, I, I was interested in that and he struck out two guys and got out of it. Right. I mean, he did give up one unearned run. Um, But, I mean, still, you know, it was something that was something to take a look at. Um, So, yeah, I mean, no, I I don't take anything else out of it. I I just think, you know, and Stott getting the three hits, I think that's a a positive. It's a good note for him to kind of have that almost refresh to kind of go into the playoffs. I just think that in the lineup against left-handed starters, you're going to have three lefties in the lineup, Schwarber, Harper, and Stott, and I think they're going to want to put two righties between each one to kind of force the Marlins' hand with all their left-handers say, okay, fine. You want to bring a left-hander in, go right ahead, but you're going to have to face two right-handers in, in the process too. So if you want to do it, that's how we're going to do it. So it's going to be Schwarber one. I think Harper's going to hit cleanup, and I think Stott's going to bat seven.
0: Just some quick hit items here. How do you feel about Zach Wheeler going in the start? Like, Is this as good as you could possibly feel about anybody taking the ball in a game one of a playoff series?
1: I, I guess. I mean, I thought his last two starts weren't exciting. Like they, you know, he, I felt like he was fighting it a little bit two starts ago. And then his last start, I think, was just mostly a tune up. And, I don't, you know, I don't think he was throwing his typical stuff. I think it was more like, hey, go out there and have a bullpen session and, you know, we'll get right. you out and then you'll be ready to go next week. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, other than that, uh, yes, like I couldn't be more confident in, in Zach Wheeler in, in the playoff spot in that atmosphere Especially against the Marlins lineup, which is not great. I mean, it's yeah, he's just been good
0: against the Marlins this year too. He's yeah, like three starts, eighteen innings pitched, uh, has a three oh o ERA. Marlins hitting two seventeen against them this season. Yeah,
1: look, the Marlins, I will give them some credit, right? I mean, they added players at the deadline who helped their lineup. I mean, Jake mm-hmm. Berger has been probably low key one of the best um, trade deadline acquisitions for any team. Mm-hmm. Um, been really good for them, which is stunning because he's not a three hundred hitter, and yet he's hit three hundred for the Marlins. Um, and then, you know, Josh Bell, we talked about, right. I mean, so they, they made some nice additions and John birdie, where did he come from? Like all of a sudden he can hit all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, they've had some, some upgrades, I think offensively uh, over the course of the the last two months, but all, all told, it's still not a great lineup. I mean, Solaire's boomer bust at the top, um, arise. We know what he is, but you know, he's coming off of the injury. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, does he – look, I, I don't know what to think of that guy. I mean, he got hot here at the end and had a couple of big hits for them, but he was supposed to be like a superstar talent for him and, and really had a yeah. underwhelming season, like very underwhelming season. Um, so I don't know. Is he a red light player? Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I go position by position, and I have a hard time giving an edge to the Marlins anywhere other than maybe the fact that Arise can hit the way he does. Maybe he's got a, a slight upgrade at second base over Stott.
0: So but you're talking me if you go through this thing position by position, because this was the final question I had for you about this series. Like, yeah, if the Marlins win the series, how are they doing? Is it just is it they won 2 1 2 1? See you later. Like, is is that how this goes down? Like, where is the advantage for the Marlins? There
1: is the advantage. I don't think that the Marlins can win the series. I think the Phillies can lose it. You see what okay. I'm saying? Like I, I, you know, the Marlins are a good enough team that they can hang around, and you know they got the good enough pitching that they can keep, they can stay in games, right? I, I'll give them that. I mean, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they stink. They don't stink. They're a good. You know, they're a good team. They're in the playoffs for a reason. Um, but at the same time, I, this is all on the this is the Phillies. This is all on the Phillies. They either do, they are themselves. They play themselves, and. They win in two, which is what I think should happen. Or they shoot themselves in the foot with bad approaches at the plate, with defensive error miscue, with a base running error, whatever, and they let the Marlins steal a game, and and then everybody's on the edge of their seat on come Thursday night. That's what I think it is. I think it falls on the Phillies more so than it does how can the Marlins pull it out.
0: All right. Um, is – it an acceptable season. Like, is this season a failure if they do not get through this, this series? And if, if it is, at which point is it no longer a failure? Like some fans I think are on the world series or bus train. Like, in, yeah. I don't think that the Phillies, if they were being honest with themselves, I think the front office, the players, obviously will be just, dis- you know, the players want to win the world series. The fans want to win. The- everyone wants them to win the world series. But there is a realistic look at this. Like, the Marlins getting to the playoffs is is an overwhelming success for that team. This is a Mm -hmm. a slam dunk, no doubt about it, success. For the Phillies, I think it's unacceptable – to not get to at least the divisional round, and if you run into an all-time good Atlanta lineup and they happen to, you know, return the favor from last season, that's frustrating. I'm sure that we'll have plenty to talk about. We'll be angry. There'll be some fingers to point. We can all, as a city, you know, go crazy. But like big picture, take a deep breath. A month down the line, you say like, okay, you know, like was that an epic failure? Of course it wasn't. To me, you you better win this series. And I know it's I know it's random, and I know it's a three game series, and it's basically yeah, like you better win the series.
1: Yeah, I I kind of agree. I I don't necessarily know if I would call it a failure, but I would I would consider it a major disappointment if they lose this series. I would, um, because I think when you really look back at at 2023, and what everything that they kind of went through this year, and the, the fact that they they won 90 games and put themselves in a position to you know. Have another run, you, you can't consider the entirety of it a failure. But at the same time, yes, this would be a major disappointment if they. Well, lost I think them. a lot of that
0: has to do with, and I certainly don't want to go too far into this because there will be a time to do it. But you look beyond this year, and the question kind of becomes, "Hey, you know, yeah. Yeah, what's the window? How long is the window open? How open is the window? Uh, is was this their best shot? You know, so those are all those those big." big picture future questions that you have to look at. And so it's not just looking at 23 in a vacuum. Like, yeah, they overcame the loss of Reese Hoskins. There's a lot of adversity, 90 wins. They don't do that every year. Um, You know, making the playoffs, having a chance to threaten an Atlanta team. Like there's a lot of good that'll come out of this if this doesn't work out this week. But I just think given the full context of kind of knowing that you have a big decision to make on Aaron Nola, you know, your prize pitching prospect is wiped away for next season. Like things aren't lining up big picture Maybe the way mm-hmm. that you could initially plan, so you you better have a hell of an off season to keep this thing open moving forward if it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I and I I kind of agree with you, Bob, I, that's why I said I think that, that you know you get through this series with the Marlins, I think that the season will not be looked at as a failure no matter what happens after that because right. you got you know you have to face the best offense in baseballs in in, in baseball in a hundred years and. You know, can you beat them? Yeah. But if you lose to them, are you really going to sit there and say, well, you know, failure. Fail failed season. No. So uh I think you get through this and it's it's you're okay with the you're okay with the season as a whole if you get through these this first series.
0: All right. So um I know the answer to this question, uh, and I'm actually gonna hold off on it. I wanna go through each of the rounds here, uh, or each of these matchups and, and kind of okay. have you just talk through them and see what but you before, think before before we do bob yeah. before we do i want to i'm going
1: to do something unconventional here before you go through them sure i want to do one last thing before we get to this
0: okay i like that <laughs> little little unconventional
1: cuz i'm going to go out of order cuz it wouldn't work otherwise um my one last thing is is and we rarely do this but i want to give a little pat pat ourselves on the back uh, did you kind go through and do the research? <laughs> <laughs> so I just I wanted to go. I went back to the March 26th episode when we did our season preview. And I want to give you, specifically give you your flowers. Thank you. You nailed 90 and 72. I had them at 91. You had them at 90. But you had the Phillies 90 and 72, second place to the Braves, National League East. I had them 91, 71, second place to the Braves National League East. Um, but I mean, we we were spot on, down to the with, game, with that prediction. <laughs> I mean, the could, they, could they have won more? Of course they yeah. could. Have, right, they could yeah. have won more games. Right. I mean, last week they kind of just kind of packed it in. They had a couple, you know, the comeback against Pittsburgh, you know, the one game. But other than that, they really weren't playing uh, to win. So, yeah, I mean, that's you know, kudos to us for that. But I also wanted to identify a few other things that we nailed, and I would tell everyone. You don't tr- believe me? Go back and listen. March twenty sixth episode, we were spot on on so many things. It was great. Now I'll, I'll I'll get to what we got completely wrong first because we we whiffed on a couple things. Sure Mo- the most egregious whiff was picking the Chicago White Sox to win the American League Central.
0: Yeah,
1: and we both did that, and that was yeah. as as bad a prediction. <laughs> Couldn't be any worse. As, as as we as we put together. But I'll tell you what we what we got pretty pretty spot on. And we didn't see the Orioles being as good as they were. We thought, I think if you go back and listen, we, said, we both said that this is a team that's coming, that you know they'll probably take a slight step back from last year, but that starting next year, that's a team that's going to be really, really good in the American League. Um, so that was the other one that we didn't get right. Here's what we did, and we didn't get the Padres. We had them winning the West. But here's what we did get right. We had Milwaukee winning the, the Central. We had the Cardinals collapsing because they had no pitching. Mm-hmm. We had – we nailed the Mets. Like, we nailed the Mets and said, we don't see it. This is a team that's not going to be as good. They're older. We absolutely nailed the Mets. We both said Chicago and San Francisco would be in it for much of the year and fade out at the end. And, damn it, they did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Like, exa- like, we had that pegged from March for that. We both picked – um saw the rangers as a team you had the mariners winning the west i had the rangers winning the west neither did um but they were with, well, right there i mean they were right within a game of houston houston pulls it out we had that right we said tampa was a playoff team but don't be excited about tampa because once they get to the playoffs they'll be a team that falls apart now we don't know if that that prediction's still yet to be, be seen but we had tampa in the playoffs like we nailed pretty much everything bob it, nothing kind of surprise i even mentioned the diamondbacks as a team yeah. at the beginning of the year to say hey this team could be part of this thing at the end of the year i didn't pick them to make the playoffs but i said that you know keep an eye on them and of course they get the sixth seed. like we nailed this I, and i and i never i don't think we ever like really give ourselves credit for, for yeah things i'm not a big like kids. hey look at me
0: i i crushed that one i got it right but <laughs> yeah i mean it's good to see that we have some idea of what we're talking about and <laughs> You know, I don't think everybody has like that long of a memory. So I have no issue highlighting some of those uh correct picks there to, to kind of <laughs> validate that we have a, an actual clue. Um All right. Well, let me let me uh do this. Like, why don't we walk through now that the playoff field is set? Yeah. Why don't we walk through these first rounds okay. and then now take the opportunity to just try to pick it all out from here? And let's see yep. how we do with that. Sounds okay? good. So the first, uh, matchup that we'll look at is in the American league. We have the, uh, Texas Rangers and the, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, this is a, it's, it's a kind of pitching against, against offense with like what, what, what Texas does. I know that Tampa scored a ton of runs, especially early in the year. Um, I know what I'm rooting for in this series. Um, I, I don't, I don't. Have a ton of conviction in how I view it, though, especially given that the games are in Tampa Bay. Uh, what's your thought here?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tampa, and I just said I, I'm not a big fan of Tampa, right? And I don't like mm-hmm. uh, what they do in the postseason. But um, I, I think that the Rangers' pitching is so depleted right now. I mean, there's who who are you relying on if you're the uh, Texas Rangers to pitch for you right now? Yeah. I mean, they're starting their starters are all hurt i guess avaldi is like their their best guy and he's been terrible in september mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't know i, I guess i just got to go with tampa um for this round and not and tampa's got some injuries too bob i mean they, they lost their they lost their you know shane mcclanahan's out for the year he's their best pitcher um obviously we know the whole wander franco situation. So you take away a, a player like that and then you you i think they have another i think um Brandon Lowe got, or Lowe, however he pronounces it. Um, I know one of them's Lowe, one of them's Lowe. Uh I think that he, you know, he's out now, too. So they're going to have some issues as well. And the Rangers, the Rangers can hit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I think come the playoffs, I'll go with the I'll side on pitching, and I'll take the Rays in that series.
0: I'm with you on the Rays in the first round. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, the second uh, American League uh, wild card series. You have the Toronto Blue Jays uh, at the Minnesota Twins. Um, I'm going to go out ahead of you on this one, and mm-hmm. I will tell you that I thought the Blue Jays were going to make the World Series out of the American League at the beginning of the year, and uh, because of that, I will uh, at least ride with them in the first round. I, I think that the Blue Jays have sort of underachieved a little bit this year, um, especially from an offensive standpoint. They've thrown the ball pretty well at times. Uh, but that offense has just really never taken off and been the the complete force that I expected it to be. Uh, I think they kind of wake up here. I know that the Twins have some decent starting pitching, and I know in a short series that's gonna that's obviously gonna play. Um, I, I think Toronto finds a way in the first series here.
1: You're right that they are an underachieving team. Um, I like their starters, and and they got a break not having to pitch Gosman in the final game of the season he can now throw game one in the wild card series so that changes I think the dynamic a little bit against against Minnesota um so I, I like their starters I think they're a decent defensive outfield I mean you got both Kiermaier and Varsho out there I think they're those guys are, are really solid defensively their bullpen Has been good for most of the year. It struggled a little bit in September, but it it, it was has been good for most of the most of the year. And like you, if you go back and listen to that March twenty sixth episode, I also picked the Toronto Blue Jays to go to the World Series out of the American League.
0: All that said,
1: I'm taking the Twins.
0: Like the Twins, I'm I'm going to take the Twins. Strike out a ton.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I hope you like strikeouts because if you do, that series is for you.
1: Yes, there's going to be a lot of strikeouts in that series. But I like the twins pitching overall better. I think their bullpen is lights out. They got two really good starters this year. Sonny Gray's had a really nice year. And mm-hmm. I think I think Lopez is Pablo Lopez is a underrated star pitcher in this league. And so I, I if Toronto's been struggling offensively, I don't know how they're going to hit either one of those guys or touch that bullpen. I think the twins finally get off the schneid, finally win a playoff game, and finally advance to uh through around in the playoffs for the first time since what 92 I think it is, right?
0: Okay, um then we come back over to the National League and we'll go like why don't we go first round across the board and then we'll go kind of yeah. flip back and forth. Yeah, Um so we let's talk about the team we thought we were going to see here in Philadelphia. That's the Arizona Diamondbacks and instead we'll go to Milwaukee uh, in this wild card round. Uh we know the deal here. The setup is this. The Diamondbacks don't have a great bullpen. They will not be able to throw Zach Allen or Merrill Kelly in the first game. Uh, Those will be the two and three uh, starters in this series for them. They got to face a diamond or a uh, Brewers team that is just absolutely loaded with pitching and will have home field advantage here. To me, this is pretty simple. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be able to score enough on the Brewers to to get by them. I I think that this is a sweep, a two game sweep for the Brewers. Actually,
1: yeah, I do too. And it's and it's funny because I kind of thought that the Diamondbacks offense was. Was a lot more exciting and dangerous than it's been of late. Yeah. Um. You know they they have some good young players. They steal a ton of bases. They're very good defensively. Um. And I thought, man, they could be they could be a challenge for somebody. And this is a terrible matchup for them because they're not hitting. They're just not hitting at all right now. And so I I I don't see how they're gonna hit Burns and, and Woodruff. Yeah. In Milwaukee, let alone Peralta, if it got to a game three. I'm with you. I think the Brewers win in two
0: all right. That brings us to Philadelphia here, And I think I know your prediction, but uh, I'll let you go to it,
1: yeah. I think the Phillies win this series, and I think it's I actually think they win it in two, Bob. I don't think it gets to a Thursday. um i i just I just think that it comes down to the Marlins are happy to be here, and the Phillies are like, we have unfinished business. I don't think I don't know if if the Phillies get to finish that business, but I think that the Phillies can certainly get through this series um, with the Marlins, and and I don't think they would want it any other way. Like if I I bet you if you ask this team, like, you know, do you want to do you want it like an easier first round? I would say they would say no. I think they want the challenge every round. And so, like, part of me is like, part of me thinks that they're, they're pumped that it's the Marlins as opposed to it being the Diamondbacks or anyone else.
0: You can hear it in my voice and a lot of the points that I raised earlier in the show. Like, I have concerns about this series. I do. Yeah. I, I really think that Lizardo is a tough matchup for them. Um, whether or not he ends up being one, we'll see. Uh, I have big questions about what Aaron Nola will do when he gets the ball. I, that could go one of two ways. Um, I just don't know. I really don't. I don't love the Phillies in this series. If I were like, if I were a betting guy, I, I would not go anywhere near this series and backing the Phillies. I just, I just wouldn't, I don't think it's a good matchup in any capacity for them. I truly don't other than, you know, Hey, experience in home field and, and red October and all that stuff. That being said, I will take the Phillies, but I think it goes three games. And I think it is utterly miserable from start to finish, like where <laughs> you, like everyone is going to be like, what the hell was that? You're going to need the day off on Friday because it, it, I think it's going to be ugly and tight and just absolutely miserable.
1: I don't I necessarily think they're going to blow through the Marlins, yeah. but I do think that they're going to win both games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be close games. I think that they're going to be there's going to be a lot of nail biting, you know, tomorrow night and Wednesday night. But yeah, that's it.
0: All right, so similar similar flow, but I'll just say it extends out to that third game. I I can't have that many concerns and say Phillies into that would just doesn't really support where my anxiety's coming from. So we'll All see, right. but I'll go Philly. So then that takes us now uh, into a, a potential DS matchup. And I believe, looking at this, that would then for you, you would have uh, the Twins and Astros. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And how would you pick that? We don't need to go into this in great detail. Just what would you what would you do with that?
1: I can't believe I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take the Twins in that.
0: Okay, well, I, I'm taking the Blue Jays that you don't have to beat the Astros <laughs> in that DS. <laughs>
1: See, I, there's something about the Astros I don't like this year. I just a- think and, that
0: that was – Houston, I can't even believe they won the division. It's a credit to them, man. Like, But I, I look at Houston and just think that like they are on empty. And I think that maybe reaching the playoffs was that, that final thrust for them. I, I just yeah. don't know how much more they have left.
1: I agree. I agree. Okay. And that's why I'm going with the Twins.
0: Okay. So then in the other series, we both have uh, Tampa Bay and the uh, Orioles. Um, I will go first on this one. I – don't think that the Orioles have enough to win the World Series. I actually think that they should have been a little bit more aggressive at the trade deadline. I think it's going to catch up with them. I think they they might have cost themselves a championship this year by not doing it. And I know everybody talks about the future with them, but it's fucking hard to win the World Series. You had a chance to do it this year. I think that catches up with them eventually. I don't think it catches up with them in this round, though. I think that they beat the Rays. I do
1: too, and I think that's a full five game series too. Yeah. Like I think it, I think it's a um, that's a I think that's a tough matchup for both teams, and I'm going to go with the Orioles as well. So I have or- Orioles Twins in the, uh, in the
0: ALCS. Yeah, okay, all right, and so I have uh, I have Orioles Blue Jays in the ALCS. All right, and so then that takes us back to the National League. We'll start with uh, the Brewers and Dodgers. I am very curious to hear your thoughts about this this matchup.
1: I just don't like the Dodgers pitching. I just don't. I think that their, their pitching is in a, in, a, in disarray right now. They're going to rely on Kershaw, who's never good in the playoffs, also doesn't throw a lot of innings anymore. Bobby Miller, who I like a lot, but I don't think that he's ready for prime time as far as the, in the playoffs. Um, and then uh, uh, their bullpen, they got a couple of guys. like I like Gratterall out of the bullpen, um, but I, I don't love their bullpen. Um, I I think they're the Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman show, and hope everybody else, somebody else steps in and and to help them win games. And I'm not a big fan of Dave Roberts as a manager. So, although I don't think the Brewers are a great team, I'm going to take the Brewers in that series as well. I put the Brewers in the NLCS.
0: Wow! All right, and then we both have the Phillies. uh, Did you you take the Brewers as
1: well? Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I actually, uh, I I guess I just skipped right over that. I. Brewers are going to get past the the Dodgers. I think that Dodgers team is much like the Astros in that there's a pedigree there. There's an expectation that they should in that situation advance. And I just don't think that they're that good. Uh, So I will kind of go with the pitching depth of Milwaukee to to win that, you know, they say pitching wins in the playoffs. So I think that that's going to prove to be true. Yeah. That brings us to the Phillies and Braves. We've been talking about this potential matchup. It feels like for three months now. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. I mean,
1: look, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only team in the National League who I think can beat the Braves is the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And so I will be completely intrigued if that is, the, in fact, the matchup of the, uh, in, the, uh, in LDS. Um, and I think that the Phillies will make it a long series. I don't think it's a th- sweep. I don't think it's f- four games. I think it's another five-game series. But I can't pick against the Braves. I think the Braves are just too damn good. And I will pick the Braves to end the Philly season in the NLDS. I picked the Braves to beat them last year in the NLDS, <laughs> yeah, and I was wrong. Um, so, but I am going to pick the Braves. I am going to go back to that well and, and go with the Braves again this year. I think they get uh, they get through this time.
0: I think the Braves are going to win the series in four, and I think it's going to be pretty sobering, frankly. I just don't think that the Phillies have enough pitching to to get through this Atlanta lineup. I just don't. So um, that's where I think the Phillies season comes to an end. I hope I'm wrong, too. Like Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I was wrong last last year. I think you and I both picked the Phillies to beat St. Louis last postseason. That happened. Mm -hmm. We picked the Braves, uh, each of us, to beat the Phillies. That did not. And then we picked the Phillies to beat the Padres. Both of us, I yeah. believe that we both had the Astros beating the Phillies correct. In the series. We did. Yeah. That's so, correct. I mean, yeah. so if you're listening to this, you can say like these guys don't know shit. We have no idea. <laughs> 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 Hope we're wrong. Uh, yeah. All right. So then that takes us over to the ALCS, and I got to tell you, like I'm still pretty comfortable then with my with my World Series prediction because I actually think that the Blue Jays are going to beat the Orioles in the ALCS and advance to the World Series. Um, I think that the offense has enough upside to punch with Baltimore. And I like Toronto's pitching more than I like the Orioles pitching. So I'm in on Toronto getting to the World Series. So this is my like this is like my uh if we're doing the bracket and college basketball, this is like my nine seed making a run here. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I and mean, it's it's good for you because you you're sticking with your preseason prediction. Um, I already bailed on my preseason prediction in the American <laughs> League in the first round when I picked the twins. Um I'm going to go with the Orioles here only because I like the matchup Orioles over Twins. If if in fact the Blue Jays do get through and you're correct, I could see the you know that means the Blue Jays are playing good baseball. They they got their offense in in order which has been the the disappointment for them this year. Um, and I think that that's a, a bad matchup for the Orioles. So if in fact your matchup is correct and it's Orioles Blue Jays, I would side with you and go blue and go Blue Jays to make the World Series. But since I don't have the Blue Jays air, I have the Twins going out I'll take the Orioles to go into the World Series and have it be Orioles Braves, which is chalk. I know, but um, I'm.
0: I'd like to see that. By the way, like I am, I would like to see Baltimore advance. That ownership group, I don't think necessarily deserves it, but those fans are good fans. It's a good baseball city. That's a fun team to watch. Like they end up in the World Series, that's I I would be more than okay with that. Uh, The NLCS, I mean. I, I just have the Braves winning the whole thing. Like I don't even really yeah. need to waste time here. Like I just think that they are the best team. I thought they were the best team last year. Um, I I yeah, don't, I don't I like think them. I don't. As I a matter of fact, <laughs> but I, I just don't. I don't see any resistance you, you, here. Frankly, you want to
1: talk. You want to talk about an an anticlimactic, uh, championship series. I think Braves Brewers would be ugly i think ugly. the braves would just stomp them yeah yes. and so and since i both have we both have them there i got the braves going out too and i think it's quick it could be a sweep maybe five they the, the brewers might get that gentleman gentleman's yeah. sweep right Yeah, you know get that one game and that's it
0: yeah and then i mean for me like toronto atlanta i, I pick atlanta to beat toronto i would pick atlanta to beat baltimore I, I don't think that baltimore has the starting pitching to contend with atlanta this lineup in a series um the the big injury in the back end of that, that Orioles bullpen, uh, with Bautista. It's been a huge, you know, that's a huge storyline there. Um, I just think, I just think Atlanta wins the world series. And unfortunately, you know, I think if the Phillies, the Phillies' their best shot is probably catching Atlanta in the five game series. I don't think you want to go seven as, as a thing plays out. There's more of a sample it tends to the better team tends to sort of just win. So I think the Phillies are in an advantageous position catching Atlanta in, in that five game series. And I really like you think that if Atlanta can survive that series, and I think that they will, um, that then it's just a march Dude. march to a championship.
1: Yeah, I do. I agree. I, you know, the toughest matchup for Atlanta is the first one. Yeah. Because they've been, they'll have been off for a week. They won't have played, you know, games that matter for a while. Um, and, and they got to go in a short series without Charlie Morton, right? I mean, that's the other thing that we, we, we didn't yeah. even really bring up. I mean, you know, they're going to pitch against the Phillies. Obviously, Strider's going to probably start two games in that series, but, you, you know, You're you're talking about Max Fried pitching for the first time in a couple weeks and no Charlie Morton. You're going to have to rely on Elder. I mean, we'll get into all that on Friday. If
0: if, if this is still a thing, like, if Phillies win this series and they should, and I think that they will, as do you. Like, I mean, we will go through the whole deal. Like, I just said that I think the Braves will win in four. It's because I just think that the the guys like Acuna and Albies and, you know, the Olsons of the world, like, they're just going to do what they do. And I think that that's what's going to happen. But there are plenty, like, if we do an hour show on Friday, like I will make the case and fully lay out the path forward to the Phillies winning this series. Like there yeah. is one, like you can talk yourself into it. You yeah. know, like as an NFL fan, like the, the next slate comes out, like so, you, you play Sunday and then Monday morning, you're like, Oh shit. We're a 10 point underdog to this team. And then by Thursday though, you've completely convinced yourself that like, not only do they have a shot, they're going to win. Like we will go through that exercise on Friday for everybody because it's, it's possible. It's just not what I would back. You know, if if like, yes, like I, Hey, shocker, spoiler alert here. Like I want the Phillies to win. I'm a Phillies fan or was a Phillies fan that now does whatever with the Phillies. Like I want them to win, but like, if I'm coming on the show and you know, trying to be real, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. (laughs)
0: All right. Um, I believe also, hey, we already did one last thing. So yeah. Some uh, some plugs here and, and be out or what? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. I think we, we hit the hour mark. I think that was I a good show. Like everybody, what you're doing right now, like you, you got you got like nine different things going on at the moment. So, <laughs> what I got going on? No, I yeah, like a Mr. Television, you're like Sunday night, this <laughs> uh, you know, Thursday night, that like, oh, no, I got on? that. Yeah. I know
1: I got a new gig where I'm uh, r- rotating guests on uh, the fantastic uh, sports show on Fox 29, which is uh, their nightly. Uh, sports talk show with, uh, Jason, uh, Martinez and, um, and, uh, Breland Moore, um, a b- bunch of rotating guests. There's 10 of us, I guess, who rotate in and out. And I'm one of them. I'm, I'm on Thursday, every other Thursday night. So I did this past Thursday, we did memories of the vet, which was kind of fun. Um, because it was the thirtieth anniversary of the last game at the Vet, and then uh, so I'll be back next Thursday, not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday. So hopefully we'll be talking. That will be following a game four victory by the Phillies over the Braves um, next Thursday. So uh, that will be the next time I'm on that. Um, I don't know what else am I promoting.
0: Uh, Snow the goalie crossing broad! Oh, Snow
1: awesome. the goalie! Snow the is going to have some announcements coming yeah. this week. So I heard that. there's going to be that. some there's going to be some good stuff for that. Um, stay tuned. Yeah, on that. yeah, stay tuned on that one. And then yeah, crossing broad. We're going to be having. I guess we're going to be tag teaming this. i huh, Bob. Uh, yeah, the, oh, yeah. So we'll be getting getting you some good content on crossing broad as well. Um, and then of course we'll uh, we'll be back Friday um, with this yeah. with this pod. Kind of uh, either. Either That's having a, one of
0: two very different shows. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's gonna be one of two completely
1: different shows for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, so be, be tuned to stay tuned for that. And I would say you uh, I know we haven't even spoken about this yet, but I'm gonna put this out there into the world. Assuming they assuming they win and they need to go into the series against the Braves. Our normal, you know, is put uh, putting out a pod on Friday and on Monday but i think because of the way that that series breaks down with the off days there is an extra off day built mm-hmm. in there we might have an extra pod
0: i think that that's fair yeah yeah
1: so we'll probably have one after game 1 and then after game 2 mm-hmm. and then the friday would be after 3 4 potentially leading into 5 right so we'll we'll probably sneak an extra pod in if they make that uh, division series, so Absolutely. yeah, stay tuned for that.
0: All right, very good. Make sure that you're also checking out the uh, Red October uh, newsletter that I do. You can go to RedOctoberPhilly.com, check it out. You can read it, and then you can sp- subscribe for free. It comes Monday through Friday uh, between nine and nine thirty in the morning uh, every single day. So make sure that you're checking that out as well. Thank you for listening, Crossed Up. You can follow Anthony at Sam Philly on Twitter slash X. You can follow me at Bob underscore Wankel. Uh, on Twitter as well, and the uh, show account at UpPhillies. We will talk to everybody on Friday morning.